again, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Help on the Way podcast, where we are featuring December 31st. That's right, December 31st, New Year's Eve 1983. That happened at the San Francisco Civic Auditorium and, of course, San Francisco, California. But before we get diving into that, let's do our introductions as normal. I am your co-host, and I am back once again at the game, here with my fellow co-hosts, Nob and Fig. Go ahead and say good evening, boys. Happy good evening, Happy boys. New Year's. Happy, Happy New, Year. New Year's. Bring wavy gravy out. We're celebrating. <laughs> Don't know what day it is. <laughs> this is also our second New Year's on the podcast. That's what right. Was our, what was our first? I forget our first one. We did the 91 show uh, yes, we a month did. or two ago. Yes, we did. Yes, we nice. did. Time really going faster. It feels like New Year's was only two months ago. You guys Why? ever see the, uh, this kind of a, the joke from, um, from The Simpsons? And it, and it was, um, they were in itchy and scratchy land. I hope I'm not dating myself with this very obscure Sim- Simpsons <laughs> reference. Okay. But, um, you know, itchy and scratchy land is like a pastiche of uh, Disney World. And so Homer and Marge, they get away from the kids and they go to, I forget what, what the bar was called, but it was like where every moment is, is New Year's Eve. <laughs> and, the, and, and there's like a waiter that comes by, like they count down and everything's Happy New Year. And then the waiter comes by and they go, wow, it must be great to celebrate New Year's over and over and over again. And the waiter goes, kill me now. <laughs> <laughs> That's... That's how parts of the show felt for me. <laughs> oh, I, I would agree with some of that. That'd be interesting to hear. Good. All right. So before we get into um, the very interesting New Year's Eve 1983 show, mm-hmm. let's dive headfirst into everyone's favorite, the Channel 6 News. Um, this was a very busy week um, in Grateful yeah. Dead land. Yeah. Um. The first thing, um, and I do like, we have a little show sheet here, and I wish it was called Mayor Stock. It really should have been right, Mayor Stock. <laughs> but instead, John Mayer has announced his Rise for the River shows, um, which is um, three charity, um, I guess two concerts, one event. I'm not sure what that Dave Chappelle thing would be. Um, considered um but um three shows and they sold out very quickly wow uh, it's montana right theater yeah yes. montana i believe yes. i saw it was an 800 seat theater when i i want to say i saw the initial instagram post from john mayer probably like 22 minutes after it was posted i think is what it said and now there's no way I'm I would be able to get to Montana right. <laughs> in a couple <laughs> weeks. But I checked for tickets anyway, and all three shows were showed out, were sold yeah. out. Um, and why this is big for Grateful Deadland, not because of John Mayer, even though he is in Dead and Company, it's because he is playing with Bobby um, cool. on his first show, which is Monday, August eighth. Um, That's coming up. I didn't I didn't realize it. Yeah. Oh wait, you know what? This is not like a stock. This is a no, it's three nights about a week oh, apart. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Okay, I didn't realize that. Um, I wish they would do streaming. Because if they would want to really raise some money, yeah. um, they could stream those three shows um, and do probably pretty good numbers, in my opinion. 
uh, are they going to do that? I have no idea. Um, but I do. I would find it very weird if we don't have some kind yeah. of audio um, escape from that August 8th Bob Weir uh, with John Mayer show. So um, that's exciting um, in of its own right. Um, however, we do have some other things that you boys are probably a bit more versed on than me right now. And first up is the Bobby and the Wolf Brothers tour. Um, so which one of you boys want to take over that little nugget of information? Well, I have the poster up right now. I can't say too, too much about it. But yeah, I think, you know, the dead world has shaken off its post-editing company hangover. And we got a bunch of news. And part of the news uh, this week is that Bobby and the Wolf Rose will be on tour this fall. Um, kind of a short tour on the East Coast. Uh, but there is a four-night DC run, which is kind of interesting. Uh, and yeah, then they head out west. Yeah. Yeah, that four-night DC run is rescheduled. That was supposed to happen in uh, February of this past year. Uh, and that's going to feature, is it the National Symphony Orchestra? Sure. It's like a, it's it's got a whole orchestra backing him. These shows were supposed to happen, and they've been rescheduled. And yeah, and then they also have a three night run for Bob's seventy fifth birthday, which will be cool. Okay, very cool. You know, I He's saw Bob solo uh, back in like twenty, uh, like twenty twelve. Okay, and it was just Bob. Okay. It was just Bob. It was Bob a guitar, and he had a stomp box, so he was like making a uh, rhythm kind of. He made his own rhythm, essentially. So it might be cool for me to go see Bobby, you know, almost 10 years later with a whole symphony orchestra behind him. That could be interesting. I may have to check that out. Yeah. Next up on our Channel 6 segment is the summer 2022 Dead and Company bootleg thread that is currently, I believe, stickied on top of the... Grateful Dead subreddit, and I know, Nob, you can share a little bit of news on that. I do. I spend a lot of my time on Reddit. Um, this, <laughs> Don't we all? Uh, Don't we all? <laughs> this summer 2022 bootleg uh, was put together by somebody on the Grateful Dead subreddit, and all of the songs were voted on by the Grateful Dead subreddit over about a, a week's time. Um, and it's songs from pretty much every night of the tour. It leans a little... <laughs> to the last few nights, because that's what always kind of happens, because that's what's fresh in everybody's brains. But there's some really cool stuff in there. A lot of picks that I absolutely agree with. The Cincinnati Deal, the City Field Watchtower Do, the the Philly Franklins, a lot of really fun stuff. I'm going to go ahead and give the guy a shout-out. Um, this is Jack of All Interest 1, whose flair yeah. is, and, and I will quote, he was at City 21, Bethel 22, and he's the unofficial subreddit bootleg guy. <laughs> I like, I like so the thank you, Jack. Unofficial bootleg guy. <laughs> he's a bootleg guy. And our final item of news interest this evening is, and and this is news to me because I kind of keep an eye on Jeopardy, but I miss this. Uh, apparently, the Grateful Dead uh, were a topic on Jeopardy this week. Yeah, they were an answer on Jeopardy, and Nob and I have a little sketch. So, um, hey, Nob, can, yeah. you tell, can you tell me who are the Grateful Dead? You don't need a miracle to listen to Jerry, Bob, Phil, Bill, and Mickey of this jam band. You can just dial up their channel, man. 
Dude, I just asked you who are the Grateful Dead. What? That's the that weirdest not... answer to any Surely. question. Third base. And, <laughs> and that's they're obviously little... they're obviously talking about the GD channel on Twitch. Right? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Go ahead and plug it. Go ahead and plug it. I love. Uh, it's uh, uh, currently um, offline due to some reasons, but hopefully we'll be relaunching soon <laughs> at twitch.tv slash the GD channel. All right. That and is, scene. And scene. Is, and yes. And and we are clear. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for humoring me. All right. Let's get into our main event for the evening. A three set Saturday night, uh, December 31st. 1983, New Year's Eve, 1983, San Francisco Civic Auditorium in San Francisco, California. This was a Saturday night, and this was broadcast on FM radio throughout the country, hmm. which I always find interesting that people in New York were listening to a New Year's Eve show uh, in California, um, so it was 3 a.m., in the uh, right. New York, and people are listening on the radio, jamming out. I, I just, I, I love the visual. But well, it anyway, kind of doesn't work with the whole New Year's vibe. True, true. Would, in New York, it would be like three, four in the morning. It's like, yeah, true. We, we've done this. Thanks. Yeah, but I've couch toured before. You take what you can get. <laughs> <laughs> so our first set of December thirty first, nineteen eighty three, uh, featured or rather opened up with Jack Straw. Uh, into Peggy O, into Minglewood Blues, into Candyman, into My Brother Esau. Uh, then we had some Tennessee Jed, Hell in a Bucket, and Don't Ease Me In. Um, Fig, go ahead and give us your thoughts on set number one. All right, well, thank you there, game. Um, this, was a, this was a tough show for me. Um, and it was maybe a tough show for the dead in some ways, too. Um, my overall impression of the show is that Brent's tone giveth and Brent's tone taketh away. And it's an issue I have with some of the early 80s Brent stuff. And he, has, he just has this particular tone where you know, he, he'll hit a key on the keyboard and it'll make one tone, but then there's like this, this trail, this like tail of a tone. And, and it's just this long kind of, it's very trippy sounding. And it almost sounds like a harpsichord. I hope you guys know what I'm talking about because he he played it quite a lot in this show, and it it messes up the timing, at least to my ears, for the rest of the band. And he was very high in the mix for the show, which is good and bad because I love Brent's playing. I just don't like his uh, choice in tone, and and he does this a lot throughout the early days, like I said, and it kind of ruins it sometimes. Um, so Jack Straw for me was it was good. It was a good opener. It wasn't anything uh, super crazy. Peggy, I thought was a real highlight. Um, some great playing by Jerry. Uh, great tempo on Peggy O. Not to be missed, that Peggy O. Uh, New Minglewood, Candyman happened. Esau. Um, I, once we got to Esau, I, I actually liked Midland's tone, so he kind of dialed it back for that one. Uh, good Tennessee Jed. Um, uh, bucket is is a kind of an interestingly placed bucket there, um, and I thought there were some tone issues there for uh, Brent. And then Eve kind of the same thing um and it just kind of occurred to me that uh, you know the last thing that these people heard in 1983 in san francisco was the the band playing don't ease me in um so that was my take on on pretty much just brent stone but um but set one in general uh Nob, what do you think see to me the over 
overarching uh, observation for this set is that Jerry's voice is not there. Mm. Uh, not Jerry, the whole show, really. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, I think it, it sounds pretty nice in Candyman. Um, he's able to really plow through it, but I found a lot of the Jerry songs to be yeah. a bit underwhelming just with his voice. But I will say, I found this first set, at least musically by the band, to be a fairly consistent set. There weren't a lot mm-hmm. of songs that I thought, wow, this is the greatest version the Grateful Dead have ever played. But there weren't any songs where I thought, man, this is the worst version the Grateful Dead. You know, like, nothing was ever too bad, but nothing was ever too good. Um, Agreed. To me, I think the bucket was the highlight. Um it definitely had its tonal issues, but the energy behind it was really nice. Uh, it's not as rippy as those late 80s buckets can get, but there was a really nice groove and energy to it. Um, yeah, I think guns in my head, that'd be my favorite. Uh, I really liked Brent's synth sound on Brother Esau. I will say that was probably my favorite Brent moment of the set. Some nice, cool synthy stuff that really blended in nice. I don't know if it blended in, but it sounded nice. It worked. Yeah. What did you think, game? Well, you <laughs> hit the nail on the head uh, when you said Jerry's voice. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. I, I, look, I'm sorry, deadheads. He sounded like shit on December 31st, 1983. How else did I really feel? I read the archive comments today, and there were, and there were some people who were like, oh, it just... You know, tremendous night with chair. And then there was just, you know, the realists who were like, all right, everybody, like, we know we listen to a lot of these shows. We could say when they suck, some of these suck. Um, I'm yeah. not going to mm-hmm. say the show sucked. But Jerry's like you said earlier, sucked for a lot of it. Yeah. Um, and I will say, I listen, I watched, um, there's a YouTube video of, of the show, and I watched it, and Jerry did not look good. I mean, he, he just didn't look good. Like, he looked ill. He, he looked. Puffy, yeah, you know, it. it was obese Jerry. It was unhealthy Jerry. So, and you're right. I think, you know, he sounds it too. So, you know, I think, yeah, I think that was the cause of all this too. But his playing was good. What's interesting is there's so many times with him looking like that where he has sounded good. Right. Um, And I know we're, we're listening and talking about something that happened, you know, <laughs> over 35 years ago. Um, But Jack Straw was just... It started out good. Um, the highlights for set one for me were Peggy O and Candyman. Um, mm. Even though I thought Jerry sounded um, dreadful, um, he did sound excellent in Candyman. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, that's just, I don't know if I just love every Candyman I hear or if that was just his best sound of the night. Um, it's definitely the one where he's able to play with his voice the best, at least yeah. in set mm. one. Um, and he usually gives you one. You know what I mean? Uh, like, yeah, yeah. That's that's the cool thing about Jerry. And um, what what you said, Knob, with everything just kind of being ordinary. Nothing was yeah. dreadful. Nothing was crazy over the top. I wonder if that has to do with, um, and this is something we didn't get when listening back. Um, they did station identifications apparently all throughout set one. So apparently set one would go song, whole pile of set identifications for, or not set, um, station uh... identifications for FM stations, song. 
So Jack Straw, then two minutes of like, we're proud to be coming to you from WNEW, New York, at W-O-W-C. So he had time to drink water? The whole show, he had time to drink water? (laughs) Give this man a a lozenge. A lot of of the comments about set one from fans were like, everything... Like the every like the songs were just there because there was that much time in between each of the songs. It just yeah, it's a short, it, it's a short it set one too. It. So it wonders me if all that time between sets or between songs rather threw them off their game too. But like you said, Jerry could have just drank some water and maybe <laughs> solved his issue. Um, it's interesting you mentioned that because if you listen to set one, at least the um, the soundboard recording, which is what I listened to. Um, after every song, Bobby has like a snark little aside. He's like dead air, you know, hello out there in radio land. Like he'll, he'll like mention that. And it happens so often. I was like, why does he keep going back to that? And it's maybe because I bet you you it's because they turned away or after every song, I bet you, they knew that they had a pause. We're stopping and we're doing these identifications and it's just going to be dead air. Very cool. Now, one thing I noticed that's not on our set list, but we do know played on 1231-1983 between sets one and set two. Um, Nob, I'm going to let you take it away because I don't know how to pronounce what classical piece of music was played in between sets one and sets two. Um oh. But like you said, it's probably the only time some of those deadheads have heard said piece of music. <laughs> yeah, it was. I I come from a, a choral music background, and so uh, this isn't a piece of choral music. But I was surprised to hear they had Tchaikovsky's 1812 Overture uh, playing. It's a heady version between. of that. Yeah, the the transition was a little bit rough. They kind of ripcorded out of the 1812 Overture, but. Uh, it was a, I don't know who performed it, but it was a, a rousing rendition. I really, I was getting like lost in it. And then I was like, oh wait, hold on. I'm listening to a dead show. That's what I'm here <laughs> for. But I was like, oh, a lot of fun. Awesome. And that went into set number two. <laughs> and set two gave us Sugar Magnolia into Touch of Grey, um, Estimated Profits into eyes of the world um drums into throwing stones um into not fade away with an encore of broke down palace uh knob go ahead and give us your thoughts on set number two sure um i liked the sugar bag i thought it was fun i thought the transition into touch was uh was really nice and then we get to touch and once again, all I can think is Jerry does not sound great. The, there's one verse, the, it's the verse that starts with the shoe is on the hand that fits, where uh, he, he's not there. Like, it's, it, I, it genuinely made me say, oh, Jesus Christ, out loud. <laughs> um, Don't do drugs, kids. No. It was a very good prophet, but it, again, all I could really hear was just, in in that back and vocal, um, yeah. yeah. Then and then, if there is one song from tonight that I would recommend to the world out there, if there's one song that I had to say this is the highlight, it is "Eyes of the World." 
the the feel from the drummers is unlike anything I've ever heard on Eyes of the World. They like lean into this backbeat instead of the pulsing drive that Eyes normally has, and it almost starts to feel like I know you, Ryder, or like Jack. Or, there's like a folky feel to it at times. Um, I I really enjoyed that. That Eyes, I have not heard another Eyes like it. I went back and I listened to the Eyes before and the Eyes after to see if it was like a thing they were doing at the time. No, it's just, I have not heard another eyes that sounds like that eyes. And for that, I'm glad to have listened to this show. Um, and I'm going to use that goodwill as I mean about the rest of the set. Uh, <laughs> drum, no, drums was grooving. Um, throwing stones uh, was fun. Bobby was really into it vocally, and that was probably the highlight. Um, I thought Not Fade Away was pretty ripping. There were a couple of vocal flubs. Jerry got confused on what verse we were in at one point, but the energy was really nice throughout. Um, and then I thought it was interesting that they took an encore break and then came out for a third set. It almost feels like it was a fake-out for the audience to really make them think, all right, we're done now. Still. Just kidding. Set three. See you in a few minutes. The audience um, probably knew they were getting... I know, but then right. why did they take the encore break then? <laughs> I can't answer that, That's but can, yeah, I could not tell you. But yeah, that was uh, those are my feelings on set two, the eyes, and then there's the rest of the set. All right, Fig, go ahead and give us your thoughts on set number two. Yeah, so welcome to 1984. It's um, Sugar Magnolia time, which was which is a party. Um, I would like to see on the video if they dropped a bunch of balloons because I think I think I've seen that before. Where they play Sugar Mags, it's New Year's, and they drop balloons. Uh, maybe not in uh, yeah. the '83, '84, but that's cool. Uh, touch was sloppy, 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 sloppy. Um, I would like to hear some heady live touches. I don't think I've ever heard one or or no one off him. Um, a lot of times they, they just don't. It doesn't fit, and or it doesn't, you know, capture that the magic of of Touch of Grey. Um, yeah, estimated eyes. Um, definitely a huge highlight for um, for the show. I had to go back and listen a couple times to the estimated eyes, um, and on re-listen they got a lot better. Um, both had very jammy, you know, outro sections, and you know, uh, outros of course are like five, six minutes long on both of these songs. Um, estimated had had a very like calypso island rhythm to it um, in a way that you know. It, it, it has that feeling, but but it was, uh, you know, it was that feeling on steroids uh, this night. Um, and the eyes really grew on me. Uh, great outro, outro jam. I wrote down that it was it was a heater eyes. Um, and I, I did read some people in the comments saying that, you know, this is an eyes not to miss. And I would totally agree with that because it got so good. Um, yeah, Drums in Space was, was decent. Um, was not a huge fan of Throwing Stones. Um, not Fade Away was really good. And I liked the uh the broke down it's a, always a beautiful song to hear i'm going to um pretty much be the echo chamber here um sugar magnolia was a good set to opener um touch was just dreadful um estimated eyes was by far the highlight of the show for me yeah. Um, so much so that, um, spoiler alert, uh, it's where I'm going to vote when we get to which Ooh. set we're going to pick. Uh, it was that, it was, I mean, really it's, it, it, and I know we haven't spoke about set three yet, but in my mind, it's estimated eyes versus Candyman for which is better. And, uh, it's estimated eyes for me. Um, so estimated eyes is definitely good not to miss. 
um drums buzz drums um throwing stones eh. bobby was into it and normally yeah. i really enjoy when bobby gets into it but i don't know this whole night i just really wasn't feeling um, i just don't know why he's switching over to politics in a new year's show yeah it's, yeah, it's like it's, yeah, keep it fun you know yeah, I don't. As many eyes I get, you know, it's heavy. One of the new ones. Bob plays all of his new Esau, Bucket, and Throwing Stones were Bobby's new songs at this. I think Throwing Stones is '82, but Bucket is an '83 one. And so I think that's, and it's the same reason that Jerry does touch. See, that's this is something, and now we bring up a good point. This is something we don't have to deal with. Yeah, we aren't getting. Yeah. In 2022, new songs. Like, I don't mm. know. Like, like maybe like, we will. I, mean, I, I don't know. If, what if, 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 yeah, if where were you were... when Billy Strings wrote Thunder? Huh? Oh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> Look, That's if if, much if, if they didn't come to come out with an original during Fall Tour, I will shit my pants. <laughs> but we just don't get those. We're so experienced yeah. now with the catalog. Right. That we know what we're gonna get, and if it's good or at least to our liking, probably in the first thirty seconds. Like you yeah. know, at least at least for me, I could be like, okay, like I could just tell by the tone uh, and, the ener- and the energy. Like, is it Ico Ico or Man Smarter? Man Smarter, Man Smarter. Even then, as the long as it sounds, as long as it sounds good, that's one surprise I'm willing to take. Um, <laughs> you know, um, but. Yeah. Well, I'll say it's a good point. You know, we sit here on our, th- you know, virtual thrones in 2022. And we look back, you know, and we think that everything is like a complete package. And, you know, Nob, um, you know, thanks for pointing pointing out, you know, what it was like to be, you know, in the dead scene in the 80s where those are new songs. That's really interesting stuff. Yeah. I, I couldn't imagine going to a show and um, like, oh, it's, uh, you know, we're here in Hell in a Bucket for the first time ever. <laughs> yeah, you know, like it was only it was less than uh, maybe a little more than seven months old at that point, and and that you know is something I think we need to probably think about when we review these shows. At least I do, because I base a lot of my reviews on audience um, energy level. If they're hearing a song for the first time, they just might not know it. <laughs> so yeah. and that was uh, interesting to me because, like, the bucket. Not to jump back to set one. But I kept thinking, like, oh, man, this doesn't sound like those nice, like, late 70s really into it buckets. It sounded, like, weird. (laughs) Yeah, but that's, you know, it was was still Bambi finding its feet. Um, (laughs) And so it's interesting as a baby picture. It's probably not my favorite version of Bucket, but it Mm. definitely, for the time, in its context... It didn't have that manic energy that we know. Yeah, I agree. Let's go ahead now and discuss set three. I have nothing um, to discuss. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was a four-song set. Uh, I'm just going to dive into it here. Um, set three was Big Boss Man into Ico Ico. Uh, then we got Midnight Hour. And then we had a show end of um, Good Night Irene. Good Night Irene bust out. Now, one thing about set Three is um had uh set three was with Rick Danko um of the band uh, as well as Maria 
I'm going to probably pronounce her last name incorrectly. Uh, Maldare, um, who actually sounds really familiar, but I'm not familiar with any of her work off the top of my head. But the name sounds familiar. Um, I'm going to actually start since we barely get set three. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll, go, I'll go ahead and kick off with my thoughts for the first time. Means. Um they could have just ended with Broke Down Palace and I would have been happy. <laughs> um, I guess the, um, the breakfast wasn't ready yet. Big Boss Man. Um, it's okay. Uh, Aiko Aiko was very fast. Um, I felt like that song was like in As and tempo out. wise? Okay. Um, I thought it was just, slow, Aiko Aiko. It, it, was, it was... You're saying it, it was... was yeah, it played. It was quickly played. Um, it was much of a jam to it. Yeah, it was. It was a slow, quickly played song. It was like here's, here's the the scientific writing by the book of Ico Ico, right? Yeah. Um, the the fake book Ico Ico. Midnight Hour. Um, I love Motown. Love mm-hmm. Motown. Grew up on Motown. Um, have an affection and an affinity for the Midnight Hour. Um, I need a Midnight Hour with energy. This yeah. was not a midnight hour with energy. <laughs> so to me, it was just that kind of fell flat. Um, and Good Night Irene. Um, I love that song. Um, I don't love it here. Um, and I understand it's special and it's like, oh, we got our Good Night Irene or whatever. And, and like people in like the archive comments were like, not gushing over it, but. For the most part, they were happy that it ended yeah. the show. Um, I don't know. I just... I feel like if, I w- if I'm going to hear them sing Goodnight Irene, I don't want the dead to sing, and I want Jerry Garcia Band to sing it to me. Mm. You know? Um, Great point. And that's just me, and I think it's just because I'm... I, I, and it's not a Motown song, but I just feel like that's a JGB song more than a Grateful Dead song. Uh, and that's my um, nonsensical opinions of set number three. Um, no, I'll let you go ahead and take it from here. What's your thoughts on the uh, four set banger set number three? Yeah, I like. I thought Big Boss Man was a really nice choice. Uh, it's lower in Jerry's voice, and uh, besides a couple of moments where he gets a little too into it, gets a little squeaky, it mostly fits. Um, that would have been a really... Uh, if this was just a two-set show, I would have, and I were making these calls, <laughs> I'd have lobbied for Big Boss Man to have appeared in that first set. Um, but, jeez, Brant was blowing his voice out on, uh, was it the Ico Ico? Oh, he was yeah. yelling those harmonies out. Um, yeah, I did, I did uh, specifically write down, I wonder what Fig is going to think of the tempo on this Ico Ico. <laughs> yeah, um, it was... It, it was happened. definitely, it's faster than that one, the 78 one, but it, it's not as fast as like the 89 ones. Well, let me, um, let me just interject. Here, here's yeah. my two cents, okay? It's probably at like 1.30 at this point, and the last thing you want to hear is a big boss man into a slow Ico Ico. That's all I'm saying about set three. Go, go right ahead, Nob. Um, you mean you mean you, you don't want to end with Goodnight Irene at two fifteen in the morning? Yeah. Hey, hey. No, I mean, let's if it's have gonna some get breakfast me... and enjoy each other for a while. Yeah. If it's gonna get me to breakfast, then I'll listen to it. But uh, at the in the moment, I'm just like, uh, 
Yeah, Jerry's voice is still gone for that good night, Irene. The arrangement's like, it's interesting. I'm glad I've heard it once in my life. They give it like an almost like uh, uh, don't ease me in, like beat it on down the line kind of treatment. And it's it's interesting. Um, but it's not a version of Good Night Irene I would regularly revisit. Well, this is not a Good Night Irene podcast, so don't worry about it. No, no, it's okay. This is the only time they played it, so no. we're good. But next week, when the machine says we have to listen to this show again, sorry, they randomized it. That's the oh, rules. That's the rules. <laughs> your opinions change. It's the Kafka-esque machine. 1231-83 will continue until morale improves. <laughs> this is 1984. The Groundhog's Day. The Grateful Alrighty, Dead Fig, what's your, what's your thoughts on the... Uh... Oh, that was it. Oh, on set three? It? No, that yeah. was it. I got nothing. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just waiting for breakfast. I'm just in the back. Just, can I help you guys? You guys need to, me to put out some chairs, set up some tables. So, which, um, which set do we want to feature this week? I already go. I already had and uh, I already went ahead and spoiled my vote earlier, uh, with um, set number two. Uh, Fig, which set would you like to feature this week? Um, I'm probably going to be outvoted here, and that's okay, but I did like set one. It took me a, too long to get into set two, um, although the estimated eyes, I, pro- I think, are, is probably the, the best moment in um, the entire night. Um, for me, it's one. All righty, Nob. You are the uh, potential tiebreaker or the potential... Um... Yeah, what if I voted set three right now? What, then, what oh, would we do? If I think we we're only I'm just curious. <laughs> then we're only playing Goodnight Irene. Well, I would <laughs> leave it up to the um, the spreadsheet would, would choose. <laughs> um, I don't know, because I'm literally the two points that have been raised, the two thoughts going in my head. Set two has the highlight of the show for me in that Eyes of the World, but it also has some of the lowlights for me in that touch, in that throwing stones. Set one doesn't have my favorite parts of the night but it is more consistent can i can i mm, can i um advocate for the peggio mm. see that doesn't do it for me i'll go set right. two wow. uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll say set two fair enough i don't know if peggio's ever made anybody's mind about anything <laughs> but no, it's a great it's it a great the, solo the, that I was just gonna say, I'll I'll vouch for those Peggio solos. I was really impressed, but Jerry's voice just makes it not a an all timer Peggio for me. Fair enough. All righty, uh, and one more quick segment, uh, and I think I kind of know everyone's votes on this, but we will do it anyway. Um, the Book of the Dead. Uh, we'll just make this very quick and easy. Um, do not say um, anything if this. Um, does not make your Book of the Dead. All right, dead air is the worst thing in radio, <laughs> and that proves to us that this show uh, does not nice. make our Book of the Dead. So yeah, okay. Uh, I was that... confused with the double negative. There, was like, I, I think there was like, a triple the right negative. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I, mean, I, was... I think I'm not supposed to speak. <laughs> Simon says, "Be quiet." I liked it. I liked it. Um, we have oh, we have three Reddit comments this week. Um, you know what, um, Fig, I will let you go ahead and take actually all three of those because they're all three quick ones. Oh yeah, sure thing. Uh, so the first one was from Strilly Bings. What a great name. 
uh, who says, damn good show. Back in the days of cassette tapes, this was one of my favorites. Well, there's a ton of different um, versions on the archive, um, so I'm sure you could find the exact uh, lineage of your uh, cassette tape, Australia uh, Dings. Thanks for the comment. We have another one from Psychological Tap 827 uh, telling us about the Christopher Hazard remaster of the video, uh, which is really cool. Thanks for that shout out. Uh, I did check that out, and it's good to see that on YouTube still. And then the last one that we're going to feature is from Ellie Style One. This is probably the most adorable comment that we've gotten um, uh, while doing the pod, who says, The dog got an extra lap around the neighborhood to get me through the eyes. Yeah. Good puppers. We really enjoyed it. I agree with every word of this comment. Ooh. Next week's show. No, don't tease him too much with next week. I'm just going to give the date, but boy, oh boy. Let me tell you, this is probably going to make my book of the dead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Next week, we are featuring Giant Stadium, East Rutherford, New Jersey, July 10th. 1989 it was a monday night in the summer never miss a monday show never miss a monday show indeed um yeah when i paint my masterpiece oh yeah um oh it's stranger in the franklin's to start which is pretty cool um yeah, my wife just came down and totally threw me off my podcast game at the second. Sorry, guys. Uh, I'll edit that out of the show. Yeah, um, 7-10-1989 on Monday night, East Rutherford, New Jersey, Giant Stadium. Yeah, this looks like a great, great, great show. Is this one of their famous 89 shows? No, it's one of the more underrated of the tour, I believe. Okay. Because uh, July 10th didn't stand out to me. Um, no, it's it's 2 4 Seven and then that uh, Alpine run at the end, the seventeenth through the nineteenth. I promise, I know about other things. Um, <laughs> those are the July '89 shows that tend. You to don't need to apologize favorite. for your extensive Grateful Dead knowledge. On I know, but I, I just wish I had to Google that. I just wish <laughs> that I had to look that up. <laughs> well, we don't. This is why we have you here. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to giving this a listen next week. Oh, absolutely. Um, an 89 show that I'm not familiar with off the top of my head? That sounds, uh, that sounds pretty great. But let's go ahead and do our bookkeeping for this episode. As always, please smash that subscribe button, like, and share with all of your Grateful Dead, uh, non-Grateful Dead uh, jam band, any of your friends, family, um, acquaintances, um, strangers you meet, pen pals, frankly, anybody, uh, let them know about our Help on the Way podcast. You may find us at wherever podcasts are downloaded, except for ones that rhyme with Crotify. You may find us directly on the web at helponthewaypod.podbean.com. You may send us an email at helponthewaypod at gmail.com. You may find us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash Grateful Dead. And you may find us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the GD channel. Though right now that channel is currently offline, but knock on wood that it's coming back soon. 
Um, so that's it for me for the evening, guys. Do you have any final thoughts or anything you would like to share with everybody before we sign off for the evening? I do not. Enjoy, enjoy the show. To quote right. the late, great Bill Graham, uh, let's have some breakfast and enjoy each other for a while. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, please enjoy <laughs> set two of, of December 31st, 1983, and we will see you next week on the Help on the Way podcast. <laughs> Yeah.
nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Happy New Year!
bright blue ball just spinning, spinning free. Dizzy with eternity. Painted with the skin of sky, brushing some clouds and sea. Calling home for you and me. A peaceful place to sell our loves from space. A closer look reveals the human race. Full of hope, full of grace is the human face. But afraid, we merely are hope to waste. There's few down here we can't forget. Hasn't got a name just yet. Always awake, always around. Singing ashes, ashes all fall down. Ashes, ashes all fall down. No watches the spin revolves and the night time falls. Come, waltz with the stars, celestial ball. By and by again, the morning sun will rise. The darkness never goes from sunset's eyes. It rolls the sidewalks and it rolls the streets. Sticking turf, dividing up meat. Nightmare spook, piece of heat. You and me, you and me. Hey, big flash played in the ghetto night. Rudy's looking for a fight. Going stone, seeing ashes, ashes all fall down. Ashes, ashes all fall down. Commissars and pissed drive bosses roll the dice. Anyway, they fall, guess who gets to pay the price? Money green, roll a ten gray. Heartless powers try to tell us what to think. If the spirit's sleeping, then the flesh is ink.
show you, but you drive me back. Your love for me has got to be real. You're gonna know just how I feel. Love's real, not fading away.
veins green air it will grow, grow, grow. Sing a lullaby beside the water. Lovers come and go, the river roll, roll, roll. Fare you well, fare you well. I love you more than words can tell. Listen to the river sing sweet songs to life. Thank you. We'll be back in a little bit.